you know, I wanted to keep this podcast sort of not politically neutral, but uh, more introspective and, and personal, I suppose, which I guess is an easy way to maybe segue into this. Uh, right now, I think there are three sort of uh, hot button issues going on right now. Uh, number one, well, it started earlier in the week with that Amy Cooper, that Central Park Karen, who told that black guy uh, she was going to call the cops and tell them that they, that an African-American was threatening her. Uh, and this is the... All right, now let me finish. Then we uh, found our way into the Minneapolis police officer who murdered uh, that black guy there that we, we all, a lot of us saw on camera. I can't watch those videos. That's like white people murder porn. I can't watch that shit. I know what happened. I know it's horrible. I don't need to see the uh, in living color, live and in living color version of black murder. Uh, seen enough of that in my day. Uh, through my own, you know, just not literally, but been around enough people. You get my fucking point. Uh and then, and then you know, all and then now there's riots, and then all this sort of under the blanket of COVID nineteen economic strife. So I wanted to try to put my own perspective on these things. Number one, let's start with the Central Park Karen. Um, you know, I not to uh, go right into trying to sell you shit. Uh, my book, How to Manage Your Girlfriend's White Guilt. Uh, was really created or, or written from the perspective of sort of this sort of latent power that white women pretend they don't have. Uh, often liberal white women, but it's it could be any white woman. But generally, specifically, I mean affluent white women. Uh, and it's why I've always been sort of reluctant, skeptical of this nouveau feminist push that we're seeing in society right now. Sort of this, you know, the future is female. No, the future is a rich white female. And I've just seen so many examples in my own personal experience of white women kind of not realizing that they can do pretty much whatever they want. And really, there's been this cold war between black men and white women in terms of who's going to uh, occupy the space of cultural hegemony. Uh, because if you look at even like the pay gap, for example, right, it's like it's, it's white men... Uh, then it goes white women, then black men, then black women in terms of like, you know, pay disparities. So right there in the middle, black men and white women are sort of uh, at each other's or they're trying to occupy a similar space. And then of course, some coffee shop lesbian will go to you and be like, no, we're not in opposition of each other. Uh, there's no or as a as a lesbian in North Carolina outside of an open mic that male comedians were promptly banned from after someone else's set uh, might have been mine. Uh, this 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 Hitler youth, uh, North Carolina lesbian looks at me and goes, "There's no such thing as a hierarchy of oppression," says the woman who's benefited directly from the patriarchy from her for her entire life, and now that she's paid off her student loans and mortgage, she's ready to uh, be rid of any white male uh, help. So that that that's sort of where I'm seeing this from. I've I went to a private school my entire life on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, and I see the hissy fits that rich white girls can get into when they don't get their way. And they've subjugated white dudes because white dudes are just happy to like be fucked, to be getting fucked and, you know, collecting, uh, you know, just being a advertise being a, an art director at some fucking ad agency. They're happy just to sit around while their girlfriends run around and, you know, do protests and talk about how everyone else should be living their lives. Cause they're just sitting there being like, 
Well, do I still get to do my fantasy football league with the guys? Okay, have fun at the protest, trying to save black people from the problems your dad created. Uh, yeah. So this this Karen, this is Amy Cooper, this woman who is like, I'm going to call the police and tell them there's an African-American man threatening me. That is their 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 ankle holster gun that silently white women, rich white women always know they can wield. So it's it's it, I hope it gives some context to why I'm always generally jokingly making fun of rich white women. Uh, it's because it's a serious thing. And guess what? So now moving from Amy Cooper into you know police brutality, um, I don't know the circumstances. I don't know what part of Minneapolis they were in. I've been in Minneapolis, and let me tell you, I was doing a show at the Underground Comedy Bar uh, near Dinkytown or whatever the fuck, and uh, there was a group, there was a table of police officers on the up, at the upstairs bar, and I was just waiting for, for my set, and I walked past, and I don't fear cops inherently. I don't think, you know... You know, walking around with that mentality that like every cop is going to kill me, and you know, white people reminding me that every cop is going to kill me, it just sets. I don't want to live in fear. Uh, I'm also not an idiot, but I'm not going to walk around with that energy because we're just animals at the end of, in the de- end of the day, all of us. So fear begats fear. So I try to keep a pretty even keel energy around police officers. So I see them and I nod and I say, "Hey, how's it going, guys?" And I've been glared at like that. I've been glared at like that uh, in my entire life. Uh, so I can tell there's a racial tension there. And there's also a very large Ethiopian population there that I had no idea about. Um, I was staying in Midtown, Minneapolis, and I thought that Minneapolis was just the land of nine foot tall white women. Uh, but there's a huge immigrant population there. And I don't know how far back that racial tension potentially goes, but there's a lot of it there. But my point is, you know, when you look at police brutality and how it relates to rich white women, uh, a lot of, to quote uh, Sam Jackson uh, in Die Hard 3, next thing you know, there's going to be a cop with a lot of itchy trigger fingers. And the next thing you know, there's going to be a lot of cops with an itchy trigger finger. That's both horrible Sam Jackson impressions. But my point is, gentrification causes these cops to show up. And guess what? Their directive? Protect rich white girls from those nigga bastards roaming the streets, right? So, you know, these girls are really on, you know, on Facebook right now. These girls are like, white people, what can we do right now? White people, do something. White people, we need to come together and do something. All right, here, I have an idea. Number one, get the fuck out of brown neighborhoods you're gentrifying because guess what? Cops are showing up to protect you. And when they're there, shit like what happened to the dude in Minneapolis can happen. Now, I don't know if that's a gentrified neighborhood. It probably wasn't. Who fucking knows? But very much a part of it is the economic instabilities that happen when rich white people show up. And white girls are buying a lot of real estate. I have the photos to prove it. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's a fucked up thing. And I, and I don't, I don't want to hear white people asking how they can help because they, they know how they can help, but they don't want to do that part. They don't want to, you know, really look at their impact on, you know, economic, the economic wealth gap in this country. They don't want to look at, you know, what happens when they move to brown neighborhoods and droves. You know, they don't look at what happens when they're able to sit home and telecommute during COVID-19 while the rest of uh, the country White people and brown people included have to go out into the world and are struggling. So they don't want to deal with that. They just want to ask, you know, what protests they can go to or, you know, who they can yell at and make it about themselves. Um, 
And then now, so now there's this rioting, and then, and, and you know, I, I got to give it to right-wing people, too. Everyone's fucking up. You know, right-wing people are just like, how does rioting help you? This is why I'm against Black Lives Matter. You know, what, is, what does looting a, a target have to do with police brutality? Well, let's break it down, okay? Now, there's no justification, necessarily, for, you know, vandalism. But look at the economic environment that we're in right now. Again, going back to COVID-19 and everything being closed and, you know, a lot of economic and very practical food anxieties that exist right now. Uh, yeah, niggas are going to fuck shit up because this isn't this is a release valve for the bullshit that happens on a daily basis, whether it be police brutality, whether it be whether it be being harassed in the park by some white woman who's going to try to make you into uh, a criminal that you're not. Uh, so she can get her way. And on top of the economic problems that brown communities have been facing way before, you know, this shutdown. So, uh, you know, I don't like to give passes for, you know, illegal behavior. But if you're going to stand there and not understand, you know, why the hood is like fucking fed up and, you know, and why a, a blatant murder of one of its, you know, citizens uh, seemingly goes, you know, un unprosecuted at this point. Yeah, there's going to be a consequence for that. You know, there's only so much a group of people can take. And if it means fucking up a target to get people's attention a little bit, or even just to put some fucking food in their pockets, or yes, even if they did just steal a TV, can a nigga watch some fucking WWE on a nice 40-inch TV while his cousins are getting murdered? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, I do know. So I just wish people had a little bit more self-awareness about these issues. Like I can't stand when rednecks are like, well, there they go. What? They're, they're, they're loading and they're rioting. And again, I don't think that's always the right answer. Cause I think there's a lot, there's been a lot of police, uh, uh, misconduct that the immediate response is like, let's flip shit over and, and, and blow shit up. Uh, which I'm not for. I don't think protesting is remotely effective because you're trying to create collective buy-in on your cause. You're trying to get the rednecks to be like, Hey, these cops shoot you people also, you know? Yes, there's a lot of situations of, of brown people being murdered by the police. But there's a lot of situations of just poor, flip-flop-wearing, meth-addict white people who get shot as well. And there's a real opportunity to bring people together in realizing that, rather than always making it this racial, you know, binary uh, that the media loves for us to be in. So, number one is don't trust rich white girls, because they don't have your best interests uh, at heart. Um... <laughs> They don't. <laughs> They're just so fucking contradictory and, and hypocritical. Because, you know, like I, I was ranting about this before, like this bio-gentrification, these pompous fucking airbud wearing, yelling into their phones about the conference call that they're going to have for their six-figure job, you know, being able to just teleport away when things get difficult. Not everyone has that luxury, okay? Like black people can't just fucking close their eyes and click their heels three times and report back to Wakanda, Okay. We are in the thick of it. And literally, literally, rich white girls, rich white people have no skin in the game. So it's really easy for them to see these occasional outrages, which is the only place they see them, because they don't fucking go outside unless there is actually a problem that they're going to call the police over. Uh, they, don't, they don't deal with this. They just get told occasionally when a nigga gets murdered, and they're like, oh my god! You know? That's oh, terrible. Let's go back to adopting brown children. That's our solution. To keep them away from that hellish environment that will never allow them to meet other black people in. Uh, 
Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, these fucking lesbians across the street from me. I, I'm, 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 in my old age, I've become a bigot. But they got the whole sign outside. This house believes in science and equality. Like, you know, the most pompous. Like, bitch, no one asked you. Okay, look. Uh, let me let me take a wild guess here. The uh, the uh, your wife that looks like Dennis the Menace, and you look like the witch from uh, Men in Tights, uh, parading around with your adopted biracial daughter. I'm gonna do a little math and guess your politics without you telling me. Uh, but this is this is how they think they they solve problems. Or another house down the street that and this drove me fucking insane forever. It had Martin. I had a, 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 a lawn sign of Martin Luther King and Princess Leia, and a, you know a sign that was just like you know a woman's place is in the resistance. And the Princess Leia sign was a few inches ahead of the Martin Luther King. And I was like, hey, can we let the real freedom fighter uh, uh, be in front of the fictional? Uh, princess from a galaxy far, far away. Like, this is the math that liberal white people do. It's all in these sensational, fantastical, you know, grand narratives of saving the world because they have nothing else to do and no one pays attention to them anymore because they're Bushwick bullshit interpretive dance shows that they used to do in the late two th- early 2000s. Uh, no one attends anymore, so they need to find a new way to seem important. Hmm. Like Nazis, they're always just like, we gotta fight the Nazis, there's Nazis. It's like, no, there's 37 assholes in Charlottesville with, you know, you know, Cole's pleated pants and tiki torches from Lowe's, uh, you know, talking about that, whatever the fuck they're talking about. Guess what? Those people aren't going to the Bronx. <laughs> I, I guarantee you that. So let's let's focus on actual problems that black people have, not fictional Nazis and shit, right? Like, there's no paramilitary wing of the Nazi party that's out in the streets literally terrorizing people. Oh, yes, there is. They're called police. But I have to say, I'm not anti-police as well, because I have a lot of family that's law enforcement, black law enforcement. I just think, and it's not to say that they don't deal with their own racial problems. Uh, it's just police are being utilized as, socio- as, a, as social workers in a lot of ways. So they've got their own bag to handle. So I look at society. These are these are just symptoms, right? It's like, yes, the guy who murdered the dude in Minneapolis, that police officer, sack of shit. The guy was clearly a frothing at the mouth racist, and I probably let, probably let his racial prejudices uh, allow him to commit that heinous crime. But we have to do better and look at a macro level to figure out, okay, why is this situation happening in the first place? Why is this black guy uh, not fully able to uh, utilize his resources as a citizen to live the life that he wants to live. I guarantee you that guy probably had a lot of uh, struggles, emotional, financial, and and, and and many other ways, all right? So how do we, like, empower citizens in both ways so these interactions don't happen this way? And I guess what I'm really trying to say is that I saw a, uh, a post on Facebook in L.A. that Denzel Washington, someone filmed Denzel Washington getting out of his car to step in between an, inter- an interaction that the LAPD were having with a mentally disturbed individual. And he just put himself in the situation so it didn't escalate. you know. And I don't know what the timing of that is or if it was just fucking B-roll from an action movie or something. But it was this Denzel. He had a mask on, shorts, just looking stank. But he was talking this guy down, um, presumably trying to prevent it from being a situation that happened in Minneapolis. I don't know if this was before or after that. Um, but regardless, you know, I, I, I think Denzel is a black man who's seen a, a, a long history of racial injustice in this country. And uh, 
he was probably trying to do his part actively. And that's what I want to say, you know? I mean, black people got to step up too. I don't need some white girl to step out of her car and be like, okay, I'm here, don't worry, I'll stay here until the cops leave. Like, just shut the fuck up, get back in your car and call your uncles and tell them to stop voting for racist policies. How about that, babe? Right. Anything else out of my noodle here today? Guess I'll end on this. Uh, you know, Joe Biden said, "If you got to figure out if you're if you're for me or you're drunk, you ain't black." Uh, you know, this 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 is another thing, and this is, again goes back to the rich white girl thing. You know, I had I had a friend. Uh, he gets he's a nice guy. But I was trying to explain to him while this why this girl that he knew was a racist to me. I'm like, yeah, she's racist. He's like, what do you mean? What do you mean she's racist? She's like, she's got bumper stickers for Bernie. What do you mean she's racist? I was like, uh, I was singing uh, Third Eye Blind or something. And she just came, she got right in my face. This fat little bitch. She got right in my face and was like, you're so white. Um, why? Because I'm not shucking and driving and, uh, you know, listening to your approved nigger music. Like, who the fuck are you, white girl, to tell me what blackness is? So I explained to this buddy I was telling this to. I was like, yeah, telling a black man he's white for whatever reason or acting white for whatever reason is worse than calling me a nigger. And he was like, oh, I don't know about that. Pa, 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 pa. And I was like, hey, 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 guy, guy, guy. I didn't, I'm not asking your opinion. I'm telling you that some corny white girl from Georgia that pretends to be liberal and progressive getting right in my face and telling me I'm white because she thinks the music that I'm listening to, I mean, Third Eye Blind's pretty white, but <laughs> uh, but regardless, she doesn't get to make that call. And the implication of that is far more concerning to me than some fucking redneck in Charlottesville. Call me a nigger because he's poor, probably hates his life, and was molested by his father. Like, that's that guy's bag. Some white girl coming in my face and telling me that is infuriating. And I will remind people that of all remind people of that all the time. Don't tell me I'm white because I'm smarter than you and have a more diverse collection of music in my brain than you do in your little skullet. Uh, but my, I guess my point is with Joe Biden, him being like him again, white people deciding what blackness is and, and trying to be the arbiter of our own destiny. It's like no, I don't talk white. Okay, I've been to New England, Alabama, and Wisconsin. Whatever language they're speaking, I don't. God, I gotta do stand-up soon. Alright, guys. Uh, this has been Ouch My 30s. Political episode! Um, hang in there. And be well. <laughs>